0: G'day, welcome to Just In Case Law. My name is Tanya Chapman and I am a wills and estates solicitor, which means that I deal with a lot of deceased estates. And you yourself may have been an executor of a deceased estate at one time, or you may be in the future. So this case may seem a bit of a horror story to you, or we could take it as a warning. This is the case of Prothonatory of the Supreme Court of New South Wales versus Witt. It is a 2023 decision, very recent, and it is a reminder to Executors that the position of Executor carries serious obligations and holds people to a high standard of conduct. Mr Ronald Brian Witt was committed to imprisonment for one year after being found to be in contempt of court orders relating to his role as executor of a deceased estate. Mr Ronald Witt died on the 9th of June 2009. His will appointed somebody by the same name, a fellow Ronald Witt, but I'm assuming it was his son. Ronald Witt appointed Ronald Brian Witt as executor of his estate. For reasons unexplained in great detail in this judgment, it was eight years before the executor, Mr. Witt, applied for a grant of probate, which he obtained in June 2017. The application for probate stated that the deceased estate held assets for with a value of about $175,000. Some 18 months after Mr. Witt received the grant of probate, when nothing had been done to administer the deceased estate, Miss Motley commenced proceedings against him, seeking to have the grant of probate revoked and for Mr Witt to file accounts with the court. And by file accounts, she means she wanted the accounts of the estate presented to the court so everyone could see what he had done with the estate. In commencing proceedings, Miss Motley was required to have the commencing documents served on Mr Witt which became a challenge as his location could not be determined. Documents were served to his last known address, his former solicitor, by email and by SMS message. The court listed the matter for hearing on the 3rd of February 2020, and Mr Witt was notified of the hearing date by letter to his last known address, by email and by SMS message. Mr Witt did not appear, and the proceedings were adjourned till the 14th of February. But alas, again, Mr. Witt did not appear. On the 17th of August 2020, the proceedings were listed again. And third time's a charm. Nope, Mr. Witt was still nowhere in sight. So Justice Rain made orders in Mr. Witt's absence. He ordered that Mr. Witt was to A. File an affidavit setting out the assets of the estate and current location of the assets, the monies received by him and paid out by him as executor of the estate, his reasons for failing to distribute the estate, and his current address. Order B was to pay all monies held by him as executor of the estate into court. Order C to attend the hearing set for the 16th of October 2020 by AVL with or without legal representation. And Order D, that for the duration of proceedings, he was to notify Miss Motley's solicitor of any change to his residential address, his email address or his phone number. The orders included a clear statement that the orders, quote, are mandatory and failure to comply with any of them may have serious consequences for the defendant, including, but not limited to, a warrant being issued for his arrest to compel attendance at court, fines and imprisonment, end quote. On the 16th of October, the proceedings were listed for hearing, and I'm wondering if anyone was at all surprised that Mr Witt was no-show. Miss Motley sought that the judge issue a bench warrant for Mr Witt's arrest. Which Justice Rain did on the eighteenth of november twenty twenty, the order stating, quote, order pursuant to Section ninety seven of the Civil Procedure Act two thousand five, that a warrant issued addressed to the sheriff to arrest Ronald Bryan Witt, and to bring that person before the court for the purposes of these proceedings, detaining that person in custody in the meantime. End quote. Some further explanation? A bench warrant is a type of warrant that is usually issued when a defendant or a suspect has failed to appear for a required court summons. Bench warrant is something that a judge or magistrate issues on the bench, hence the name, calling for the immediate arrest of a person so that they can be brought before the court. They are not issued as a result of a criminal offence, but it can give rise to a criminal charge. Secondly, New South Wales has sheriffs. Now, if you're like me, you're either picturing that brilliant late Roger Rees as the sheriff of Rottingham, or you are picturing a western sheriff in tan vest with gold star pinned to the breast. Or you might actually be imagining the New South Wales sheriffs, which sadly look nothing like either of those. They wear the New South Wales police uniform or a police suit. The New South Wales Sheriff's Office conducts law enforcement and security to ensure the safe operations of state courts. This includes serving warrants, summons and enforcement of orders issued by various New South Wales courts and tribunals. They also administer the New South Wales jury system. Back to the case. In light of the warrant being issued, a letter was sent to Mr Witt in February 2021 Requiring him to surrender himself to the court. You would have thought that this step at last would have alarmed him enough to front up, but true to form, he didn't. On the 13th of December 2021, a year after the warrant was issued, Mr. Witt was arrested in a caravan park in Victoria. The arrest was performed by a number of Victorian police officers attached to the Fugitive Squad accompanied by three New South Wales Sheriff's officers. Mr Witt was asked if he knew why police were arresting him and he replied, quote, I have an idea, I was expecting this, End quote. He was flown to Sydney in the custody of New South Wales Sheriff's officers. Mr Witt appeared before Justice Rain in December 2021. His honour made the following observations, quote, Mr. Witt, you've been arrested because of your failure to attend court by AVL on the 16th of October 2020, following an order in connection with your role as the executor of your father's estate. Damn, there it is. It's his father. Okay, sorry. Continuing with the quote. You're also arrested because of your failure to file and serve an affidavit by the 9th of October 2020 in connection with your role as executor. I do want to put something sort of clearly and put it clearly in focus. Mr. Witt applied for and was granted the position of executor and, under that provision, he was required to do certain things. He was required to administer the estate and he was required, I think within a period of 12 months from the grant of probate, to file an affidavit in relation to whatever steps he had taken. He did not do so. That was something which was required before proceedings were commenced. It has got nothing to do with Miss Motley's application or claims. It is to do with his role, as appointed by this court to do a particular function. Now, he didn't do it. I am saying, this is not just someone who has been served, who is a defendant in a case, unconnected with the court's processes. He already made himself connected. I don't know what another judge might think about it, but, if it were proven, the court has to show that this can't happen. We can't have people ignoring court orders, not just once, but more than once, and then just, as it were, taking their chance that nothing will happen. The court has to demonstrate. That is part of why people are punished for contempt, to show everyone that this is not going to happen, that they are not going to get away with it. End quote. Mr Witt replied through his solicitor in essence that, quote, the proceedings are now very real indeed to him, End quote. Now very real to him. I don't know how they couldn't have been real to him before, at least when he was threatened with the warrant, but now they are real to him. And he said he would comply with the bail conditions, never mind his lack of compliance in the past. He was released on bail, and ordered to attend the court the next day, being the 15th of December. On the 15th of December, Mr Witt attended court. Mr Witt was ordered to submit an affidavit to the court and provide to the court all bank statements and documents for bank accounts held by Mr Witt for the period 1st of June 2017 to date. And all bank statements and documents for bank accounts held for the benefit of the estate for the period of 1st of June 2017 to date. If you will recall, it was in June 2017 that Mr. Witt was granted probate and authorised to deal with the estate. The grant of probate recognised his position as executor and gave him the authority to do all the things that an executor needs to do. And that's why the court is requesting bank statements going back to that date. It just may appear a bit confusing because we're now in 2021, four years later. Alternatively to those orders, provision of all those bank statements, Mr Witt had the option to file an affidavit explaining why he could not comply with the above orders. He had until the 2nd of March 2022 to comply with these orders. And shocker, he failed to do so. He didn't comply with the orders, but he did attend the hearing on the 21st of March. This hearing was before Justice Hallen. And I want to give you an extract of the conversation that took place between Justice Hallen and Mr. Witt. Mr. Witt, you've heard what's gone on today. Do you intend to comply with the orders that you agreed to in December last year? Yes, Your Honour. And when do you intend to do that, Mr. Witt? As soon as possible. My intention is to submit the affidavit within the next two weeks. I see. And I'm just looking at the orders made on 15th December, and that was that you do something by 2nd of March. You provided an affidavit by 2nd March, and then there was a further order that you provide documents. Are you going to comply with both those orders, Mr. Witt? Albeit late. If I knew what those orders were, Your Honour, what we'll do, Mr. Witt, is i larks Miss Motley's counsel if he'd be so good as to provide you with a sealed copy of the orders made by Justice Rain, and you're content for the orders to be sent to you by email. Not happy about it, Your Honour, but if I'm aware of it, I will look for the email. Despite this lovely exchange... Mr. Witt was given until the 4th of April 2022 to comply with the orders. He had given the court his personal assurance that he would do so. He did not. The prothonotary of the Supreme Court filed an amended notice of motion seeking to have Mr. Witt also punished for contempt for failure to comply with these latest orders as well. So he was basically piling non-compliance on top of non-compliance non-compliance squared. On the thirteenth of December, twenty twenty-two, Mister Witt pleaded guilty to charges of contempt in relation to one, he failed to submit an affidavit required by the court; two, he failed to produce to the court those documents in relation to the estate that he was ordered to produce; and three, he failed to provide an affidavit explaining non-compliance with the above court orders. His penalty hearing was in March 2023. Mr Witt tried to excuse his behaviour, stating that while at all times he had the same email account, he didn't read his emails. By 2022, he had almost 30,000 unread emails. He denied reading or seeing any emails in relation to these proceedings prior to 2021 which was the year after the warrant was issued and the year of his arrest. He also filed an affidavit on that date stating, quote, I believe that the scope and contents of my deceased father's estate are not an entirely simple matter, which could be addressed in a rapidly prepared document today at court. Quote. He proposed to return to Victoria and file the requested information by the 23rd of March which was within two weeks of this court hearing. Which is beyond frustrating, that he believes he only needed two weeks to comply with the original orders, and yet it has taken years of court proceedings, non-compliance with court orders, a bench warrant, police fugitive operations, and an arrest, before he would even consider putting in two weeks of effort. On a positive side, This affidavit was the first time Mr. Witt stated that he was prepared to engage with the court processes, and his representative tried to argue that this supported suspending his sentence to allow him the opportunity to comply. The court noted that, It was common ground that as a practical matter, it would be difficult, if not impossible, for Mr. Witt to comply with the orders from prison. So basically they're saying, look, you need him to comply, so you can't imprison him because that will prevent him from complying with these orders. At the outset of the hearing, the judge gave Mr Witt one last chance to comply with the orders and offered a two-hour adjournment for Mr Witt to gather and provide the information requested. If he did not do so, Justice Kunz indicated that he would have no alternative but to impose a custodial sentence. Instead of taking up this very generous offer, Mr Witt filed an affidavit in which he explained that he would not be able to provide the documents in the two-hour adjournment. He proposed a suspended sentence and proposed a new timetable in which he could comply. Justice Kuntz was not satisfied and said, regardless of what the parties might agree between themselves, the circumstances of this case and Mr Witt's position as executor warranted the imposition of a custodial sentence. Justice Kuntz identified what to him were two significant factors influencing the determination of an appropriate sentence. He called them the executor issue and the circumstances. Circumstances with a capital C. So firstly, the executor issue. Mr Witt was not just an ordinary civil litigant before the court. He was an executor, being sued in his capacity as executor. An ordinary civil litigant owes a duty to assist the court to participate in the process and comply with the directions and orders of the court. That is what ordinary everyday people are required to do. But on top of that, an executor has common law and statutory obligations, including obligations to the court. As the judge put it, quote, Mr. Witt sought to be appointed executor of the deceased estate. To be an executor is to hold an office. Which, although it might have its origin in a private instrument being a will, is given legal effect by an order of the court, and thereby is not just of a private character, it is a fiduciary position, both morally and legally a position of trust. It is not just a private function, but is a publicly recognised office, which also fulfils a public interest to ensure the due administration of estates according to law. Not just those immediately concerned with the proper administration of an estate, but the members of the community generally are entitled to expect that executors will discharge that office properly. Similarly, the community looks to the court to ensure that it is done and that a failure to meet the required standards of the conduct is, where appropriate, penalised and thereby deterred. The executors' various duties are owed in their own particular respects to beneficiaries, third parties such as creditors of the estate and the court." End quote. To give an example, the court noted that where Miss Motley may quite reasonably seek to have her legal costs paid from the estate, Mr. Witt had an obligation to limit the estate's liability by engaging in the proceedings, and it was well within his power to provide the information requested to avoid drawn out litigation and the associated litigation cost. To put it another way, the executor has to act in the best interest of the estate and these drawn-out legal proceedings were incredibly costly, and Miss Motley could quite rightly seek to have all of her costs paid from the estate. So, by failing to engage in the process, Mr Witt was costing the estate money. Now, remembering that this current case before the court is for charges of contempt, and the judge is now considering the appropriate sentence, but noting that, While the charges were contempt of orders and not charges for breaching his duty as executor, his role as executor made the contempt more serious. Furthermore, the court stated, quote, It is, in my respectful opinion, relevant that the orders were not difficult or complex. The estate that is the subject of these proceedings is not large. If Mr. Witt had complied with his duties as an executor, for example, to keep proper records and accounts, it is difficult to see what impediment there may have been to Mr. Witt promptly complying with the orders. End quote. The second factor the court identified was circumstances with a capital C. And the circumstances that the judge was bundling together were firstly, that Mr. Witt understood that he was under threat of arrest for failing to comply. He was given warning. He was given warning first that if he failed to comply, serious consequences would follow, such as an arrest and imprisonment. And then he was warned when the arrest warrant was issued and given a further opportunity to comply. There was also the fact that after he was arrested and spent a night in custody and was flown back to New South Wales, he said that the proceedings were now very real indeed to him. He said that, but he still did not comply. And there was also the fact that at the next hearing, he personally assured the court that he would comply, and he didn't. To quote the judge, quote, The circumstances demonstrate the objective seriousness of Mr Witt's conduct. It is difficult to imagine circumstances in which a person in Mr Witt's position could have been more on notice than he was of the seriousness of his situation, what he had to do and what might occur if he failed to do so, end quote. The next issue for the court was whether Mr Witt was guilty of civil contempt or criminal contempt, noting that not all contempts are criminal. The judge referred to the decision of Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union versus Boral Resources, Victoria, PTYLTD, 2015. Quote, failure to obey an injunction is not a criminal offence unless the failure to comply is defiant and contumacious." quote. Justice Kunz was satisfied beyond reasonable doubt that Mr. Witt's conduct in failing to comply with the orders was defiant and contumacious, and therefore constituted a criminal contempt. This gives us the word of the episode, contumacious, meaning stubbornly or willfully disobedient to authority. In determining what sentence to apply, the judge referred to the underlying rationale of sentencing for both civil and criminal contempt. To protect the effective administration of justice, Justice Kirby described it like this: "This is an activity self-evidently of the greatest importance to society. It represents a vital part of the peaceful government of a community such as ours." And that says it just so perfectly. Our courts are often referred to the highest authority in our land. So where would society be if people could just ignore or contumaciously defy the orders of the court with no consequences? However, despite the seriousness of the offence, sentencing a person to a term of imprisonment for contempt is still a last resort. As such, the judge must take into account all the circumstances when determining whether a custodial sentence is appropriate. In this case, it was argued that one of the purposes of a contempt charge is to compel the person to comply with the court order, which Mr. Wick couldn't do if he was imprisoned. The judge found that issues of denunciation, deterrence and punishment were of equal significance as compliance in part because Mr. Witt was an executor and had higher obligations as such. The judge pointed to Mr. Witt's blatant defiance of orders. He had failed to comply for a period of over 12 months and yet had provided no reason or excuse for why he had not complied. This was aggravated by the fact that in March 2022, he had given his personal assurance to the court that he would comply and he had still failed to do so. So not only had he failed to comply with court orders, but he had failed to comply with his own undertaking to the court, which was like a slap in the face. To the court. To the court's face. One factor the court can consider is whether the accused has shown contrition. The solicitor for Mr. Witt argued that, in pleading guilty, Mr. Witt was expressing contrition, and that this entitled Mr. Witt to a 25% discount on his penalty. The judge did not agree, finding that, quote, a plea of guilty without more is not necessarily evidence of contrition, end quote, and pointed out that in Mr Witt's two sworn affidavits, he does not offer any explanation nor apologies or demonstrate any remorse for his actions. In this case, there was a conflicting need to both punish Mr Witt for not complying with court orders and to compel his compliance with those orders, but punishment by imprisonment would prevent him complying, so what was it to be? Overall, the court considered Mr Witt's contumacious, yes I'm going to use that word ad nauseum, his contumacious disregard of the orders and the seriousness of the offence given his position as executor. Noting that, quote, The executor issue places a particular emphasis upon the need for a sentence that would be sufficient to deter others from similar conduct and remind executors generally of the importance of their obligations as such both inside and outside the courtroom, quote. This case really is a lesson for executors, all executors, that they have a high standard of conduct that is required of them. They have a duty to the estate and also to the court, and there are serious repercussions if you fail to meet those. Mr Witt was sentenced to one year in prison, and the judge noted that this is the same amount of time as his delay cost the estate. Even with that, he still had one final chance, for his sentence to be suspended if he complied with the orders within 15 days of the hearing. Lessons I agree that imprisonment won't assist Mr. Witt to comply with the court orders. He didn't provide the information when he was free as a bird. It will most likely be harder, if not impossible, to do so when he is locked up with limited access to his records or to his solicitor. But I feel that a custodial sentence was entirely necessary in this case to make clear that defiance of court orders comes with serious consequences. I'm also influenced by the extensive legal cost and time that Mr Witt's defiance cost the estate and the legal system and the police. As I mentioned, the arrest was performed by a number of Victorian police officers attached to the squad with the coolest name, the Fugitive Squad, accompanied by three New South Wales Sheriff's officers. Because he was dodging his responsibility and the court, police resources and time were wasted. So overall, I think the punishment was entirely justified and was proportionate to the offence, but what do you guys think? Do you think this was a bit harsh? Does this give you any concerns? And I want to end with a question for you he was given one final chance to comply. Cough up the to estate info within 15 days and the sentence would be suspended. Do you think he did it? When he was finally about to be assigned a prison cell, when he was about to put on the prison uniform, the door was going to be slammed shut, do you think he finally fulfilled his executor's duties? Or do you think he just still could not bring himself to do it? I don't have the answer to that. I think a rational, sensible person would. But nothing in his actions present Mr. Wit to be that. I would love to hear what you think. Feel free to send me your feedback. But that ends our episode today. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you'll join me for my next one.